Welcome into the Pursuit of Manliness podcast, where we are vigorously equipping men to pursue biblical manliness. My name is Jarrett Samuels. I'm the host of the podcast. Men, as always, I'd like to begin by thanking you for checking out today's podcast episode. When you get the opportunity, visit the Pursuit of manliness.com. You can find this podcast episode on the homepage. You look down towards the bottom. This episode, the whole catalog of previous episodes, you can see um, what's available in the gear store, which is not a lot right now. The day that this episode is going live, we are deep into the heart of our fall men's retreat. So pretty much all the gear is there. There's some new things in whatever's left after the retreat. I'll put it up on the gear store. Um, you can find out more information about the herd. You can find out about Pursue Wilderness. There's just a lot of information there. So, man, I'd love for you to go there. Uh, appreciate you guys um, who share the show, who follow on social media, things like that. You know what? Real quick, I'm going to do something here. Y'all didn't need to know this, but this is what we do. Uh, I'm going to stand up. I'm tired of sitting. So I'm standing up, uh, having this conversation. Not that you needed that image in your mind, but we are looking at Numbers chapter 20. Numbers 20. This um, begins with the death of Miriam, but I, before I begin... I need to remind you that Out in the Garage podcast sponsored by Darkwater Woodwork. Darkwater KC, Kansas City. Darkwaterkc.com. Uh, if you put in the code, coupon code today, all capital letters, numbers 20, you'll save uh, 15% off of your Out in the Garage beard bundle. So visit darkwaterkc.com. If you're like me, you're going down a road, you're driving, you're listening to your you know, in your AirPods, you're trying to go from sitting down to standing up, whatever. Uh, you can look in the show notes, and that link is right there. So let's begin with Numbers 20. And the people of Israel, uh, the whole congregation came into the wilderness of Zin in the first month, and the people stayed in Kadesh, and Miriam died there and was buried there. Uh, Miriam dies in Kadesh. She is the sister of Moses. Now, this is an important aspect, okay? This is not just a death. People are going to die, right? However, within the context of leaving Egypt to where the Israelites are right now, within Numbers 20, they've covered a lot of ground. There's been a lot of sin, been a lot of rebellion. God has showed tremendous mercy. There's been destructions. There's been, you know, uh, the installation of priest and in traditions and times of remembrance and all the things but don't forget don't forget when they sent uh those spies into uh spy out the land right uh when they went in to check it out and the guys came back and said oh man 10 of them said no we don't want no part of that two said yeah no this is good um god god said all right all right you keep complaining, you keep trying to convince yourselves, and you keep saying that we brought you out here to, to die, this whole generation is going to die, and they will not enter into the promised land. Through all the years of wandering the wilderness, Israel now comes to this place, and uh, it, it, it's a place where they're going to find themselves thirsty, but Moses is going to find himself having a personal struggle. <clears throat> He's going to have a, the personal struggle is he just lost a family member. This is gonna. This should show Moses, but it should definitely show the nation of Israel. There, there's no exceptions because you have a certain name or relation or whatever. Again, only Joshua and Caleb get to go in from that current generation. That that includes, uh, you know, Moses is out. He's going to be out before we get out of this chapter. 
But Moses, I, I don't know if at that point if he considers himself in or out. Now, there's times, and, and you got if you've been tracking along, you know what I'm talking about. There's times where Moses is about ready to tap out himself. He's like, man, I'll tell you what, I had enough of these people. I, I didn't apply for this job. I didn't ask for this job. As a matter of fact, I tried to run from this job. Aaron's going to be out. I mean, the whole deal, right? There's a finality to what's happening here, and it's going to begin to really start to land that plane as we get closer to the book of Joshua here in this chapter. So Miriam dies. <clears throat> Verse 2. Catch, Stop me if you've heard this before. Now there was no water for the congregation. They assembled themselves together against Moses and Aaron. All right, let's go. Let's go confront them. I said last week, there are people who they think it is their spiritual gift to just complain or to point out a problem. Never a solution. Never a, hey, I know you've been doing a lot for us right now. Hey, I know it's a busy, busy time. Hey, and it, no, no. Just they believe that I don't know how, I don't know how they, I, I, it's got to be upbringing. But at some point, somebody had to start this. Somewhere along the way, someone had to be the first one. Maybe it's your descendants from these people. I don't know. There are people, they're just everywhere you go. They just think it's their gift to complain or to be incredibly passive, aggressive, cynical, backhanded comments and compliments, and they're exhausting. Now, you can't tell them they're exhausting because then they'll get their feelings hurt. They have no problem, I don't want to say hurting your feelings, but telling you what they think, what they feel, but doggone, if you say it back. Do you know people like this? I mean, I'm seeing people right now in my mind's eye that they can say whatever they want to say, but if you say it back, I thought you were a Christian. I thought you were a man of God. All right, back it down. All right, here we go. The people quarreled with Moses and said, Would that we have perished when our brothers perished before the Lord? You know, when all those people died and we freaked out and we said, Oh, man, we got all dramatic. Maybe we should have died too. Uh, that's not what you said then. Why have you brought the assembly of the Lord into this wilderness that we should die here, both we and our cattle? Now we're throwing in the cattle. Before it used to be the kids, but maybe it's starting to get in their mind somewhere. And we're not going to the promised land. Our kids are. But our cattle, our cattle, there's nothing here for us. And why have you made us come out to eat out from Egypt? We're still doing this from Egypt to bring us to this evil place. Listen, man, while I'm here, there are people who will always remind you of your past. They think it's their job to play uh, the highlights or whatever remembrances they want of your past. There's always people like that. Don't be that person. Oh, yeah, when you were this age or when you did that or when you lived here or when you worked there or when you... I know. Praise God he has redeemed me through the blood of Jesus. They can't let that go. They're still going back to Egypt. To bring us to this evil place it is no place for grain or figs or vines or pomegranates. I've never complained that I didn't have pomegranates. And there is no water to drink. Now, okay, I'll give you that. You know what you could do? You could eat your cattle. <laughs> They're not going to do that. Okay, so they, they, they come out there and they start complaining. There's no water. Now, this is a legitimate need, right? You have to have water to live. Yes, your livestock needs water as well. You you could eat them, but uh, you know what? That God is is was showing them every single day. He is their daily provision. And now, my 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 little uh, flask has dried up, and so we make this urgent demand of Moses and Aaron. They remember they they assembled the whole congregation together. Come on, guys, let's go. There's power in numbers. 
we will intimidate them. We will steamroll them. You know, the person who says, well, there's a lot of people telling me. There's a lot of people asking me. I had a guy say that one time. There's a lot of people coming to me. I said, why are they coming to you? I don't know. Well, just just random people from the church, from the community, just coming to you. You're the guy. Somehow you have become the collector of complaints, and you believe it is your job to bring it to me. How do they all end up to you? You sure you're not going to them? Well, that's not the way we're going to tell it now, is it? And so they said, if only we have would have died. What an outrageous, stupid thing to say. Again, when you get hungry, angry, thirsty, tired, insecure, beat down, worn down, you'll make some really outrageous, bizarre statements. Showing here there is little to no trust in God. I mean, you talk about a generation of unbelief. This is my fear, that we have an older generation whose parents were probably, you know, survived the Great Depression or a War One, War II, whatever. You got, you know, you got all the wars, all the things, all the eras. And we have an older generation who, while they may say they have a faith or belief, when push comes to shove, it models unbelief. It models ineffectiveness. And again, these people are just openly doubting God's promise that he was going to lead them into the promised land. Here's why this is really a bad deal. Because as the adults do it, the children are inevitably going to follow. Some of you are massive complainers. You're massively cynical, bitter, jaded. You don't see it that way. Jaded. You fault find. You always know the things that are wrong, except for yourself. You always know the things that are wrong in any organization, in any church, in any men's ministry, in anything you're a part of, but you're not going to have skin in the game and do something about it. And again, your world is okay. Or if somebody says something, they're being judgmental and plank spec, you know, don't do that. Uh, But you think, do you ever catch yourself and say, man, I'm a bitter individual. I am a cynical son of a gun. Man, I complain a lot. Do you ever see that? Do you ever see the pendulum swinging from being dramatic and complaining and pointing fingers? Do you ever own it? They didn't own it. You brought us out here just that we would die and our animals too. Again, another outrageous accusation. Reason does not work with these people. I've, I've had to learn this the hard way. Reason does not work. You, Moses and Aaron, you two, you two been plotting over there. You two been plotting just to bring us out here and die. This is some, some kind of sick and twisted plan of yours just to see, I don't know, million people die on the desert floor. Yeah, Moses is like, you know what? I would do something else with my life than to wait for this many people to die. Like, that's not, that's not a fun hobby. At this point, Moses might be trying to build a boat like Noah. I mean, at some point, you're like, "What? What? this isn't fun. I don't enjoy this. You think I want to do this? Same with Aaron. Aaron's like, I didn't ask to be signed up for this. Aaron's had his own problems, by the way. But he's like, I didn't ask, I didn't ask to be a part of this. There's no grain or figs or vines or pomegranates. Again, when our vision is limited or when our perspective is exactly what we think is accurate, even though it may not be, it doesn't matter. We only see what we want to see. They didn't see God's faithfulness. They didn't see how he's provided time and time again. They had locked their eyes in. This is what it is. When you are mad about something, 
When you're mad at your church, when you're mad at your pastor, when you're mad at a ministry, you're mad at your boss, you're mad at your job, you're mad at your country, you're mad at your whomever, your spouse, you will only see what you want to see. And nobody can tell you different. Because you're right. Even though if you are just tragically wrong, it's interesting. They're hungry and they're mad and they're sad and they didn't eat you know, water and all the things. They, they have punted on the promised land. Punted on the promised land here. Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly and said, we need a minute, to the entrance of the tent of meeting and fell on their faces. And the glory of the Lord appeared to them. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, take the staff. We just talked about that last time. Take the staff. The staff that they should be very familiar with. The staff that had the best, was that almonds? Almonds that you've ever seen in your life. Let me double check my work there real quick because I don't want to be the guy who, uh, yeah, ripe almonds. I'm sorry. My mind was slipping. Take the staff and assemble the congregation. You and Aaron, your brother. I like how he says your brother, just in case you forgot. And tell the rock before their eyes, yield its water. So you shall bring water out of the rock from them and give uh, drink to the congregation and their cattle. Moses took the staff from before the Lord as he commanded him. He said, you got it. So we take the rod, take the staff, okay? But don't use it. This time I just want you to uh, speak to the rock, okay? Now in Exodus 17, I believe that is verse 6. Exodus 17, Moses was to strike the rock once. Water was going to come out. He did this in the sight of all the elders and all the people, and they were to get water. In this instance, God says, tell the rock before their eyes. This is important because while God never does anything outside the nature of God, okay, what's consistent with his character, what's consistent with his nature, there are times that what God did yesterday and had you do, it may look a little different today, but it's still in line with his will, his character, the word of God. So you might have went across the street and you talk to your neighbor about Jesus and you say, okay, that was good. I'm doing that again. Next time a neighbor comes out of the street, I'm going over to do it again. Well, maybe this time God wants you to do something different. Maybe this time he wants you to, you know, not go across. Maybe he wants you to invite him to coffee. You know, I'm using a really weak analogy here just to give you the idea that I think we get locked into this is what God does. This is how he does it. So this is the only way he's going to do it. Well, Moses, talk, talk to the rock. Speak to the rock, but do it while you have the rod, the staff in your hand. It's a visual for you. Remember that what happened there, all the staffs. This is the staff. Speak to the rock, hold the staff. Okay. So Moses begins by doing exactly what the Lord told him to do. Very similar to what he did previously. Very similar to what you see in Exodus chapter uh, 17. Talk to the rock. This time, Moses adds a little zing to it, doesn't it? Moses and Aaron uh, gathered the assembly together, the rock, and said to them, Here now, you rebels. Ooh. Moses is like, I'm done. I'm fed up. Shall we bring water for you out of this rock? Basically, Moses is saying, Shall Aaron and I be the water company for you? Should we just constantly, every time you have a whim, every time you have a complaint, every time something doesn't go your way, we have to be the guys to rectify your problem? Listen, there are people in your churches, in your communities, in your workplace that think, yeah, they do. They don't lift a finger, 
but they expect you because that's your title, that's your position, that's where you park your car, whatever, that you are there to serve them. There are people, absolutely people think that he's supposed to do that. Moses lifted up his hands and he struck the rock with his staff twice and water came out abundantly in the congregation drank in their livestock. Sweet! Moses, a little angry, a little zing, hits the rock twice, water comes out, people get to drink, and everyone lives happily ever after. Not so much. Right? Moses is now allowing his emotions to get in the way. This is really, really difficult. I've said this before. As a guy who teaches on a regular basis, as a guy who speaks to men's groups and other things, I get the opportunity to be in front of people. It's not my desire to be in front of people. That is not my wiring. But that is my assignment in this season of life. When I get the opportunity, I go do it. And I've stood in front of people in all different settings and spoke to them. And in the early days when I used to do this, I mean, I would go all gas, no break, and I thought I need to go 100 miles an hour and I need to just let's storm the gates of hell. Let's do this. I had a wake up call. Maybe I can help you get a wake up call. And I would just leave exhausted. Like when it was over, I got nothing left. Part of that's personality. Part of it's just, again, all me, all me, all me. As I'm getting a little bit older, and I don't have this always flushed out, it's a little bit of, uh, we're going to put on cruise, but we're still going forward. My point is, my, my words will always return void. God's will not. Now, when I teach on Sundays, again, I try to. I try to like let's let's not let's not be so emotional or so driven by this point or this idea that we box out the Lord. You see, if I'm not careful when I go speak somewhere or do something like that, I can walk out and it was all my personality and it wasn't the Lord. It was all my holy discontent. It wasn't necessarily the Lord. It's all my stories or my ideas or my come on guys and not so much the Lord I think that's kind of what Moses has here he's got a strong emotion here he just buried his sister he got tired of complaining listen when I go into these places I speak to men or I get to preach at different places there's a lot of emotion there. one of his nerves because again that's that's not my that's not my personality but that's what the Lord has, has opened the door to do and I'm, I'm gonna gladly do it I'm gonna teach Jesus to the best of my ability and again I'm learning the hard way to get out of the way I'm learning the hard way that you can you can be um, emphatic you can be passionate you can be unwavering without having to um, have it be like you know a, a, a pregame speech by a football coach like that I, I that's that's not my wiring I'm a truth teller and I try not to be a jerk and I hate that phrase truth teller but I'm gonna tell you the truth or I'm gonna tell it to you maybe in a in a blunt different way but when my personality gets in a way it's a bad deal when it's too much of me and not enough of Jesus we, we got a problem here this is what Moses has he's got a massive problem it's too much of him too much of him he's annoyed that these things are personal attacks. He's angry. He's presenting anger. And, and, and when you present anger, you're reflecting that maybe God is angry about something. Well, God was not not necessarily angry in this instance. He just told him this is what you're going to do, right? Um, you know, he's kind of a, a leaning on his own strength and not on God's strength. Now, you look at this and say, man, it's, you know, just whatever. Kind of, uh, kind of not a big deal, right? Uh, whose name will be lifted up? Whose name will be glorified? Whose name will last forever? 
and there is none like him. God's not mine, not yours. And Moses, doing an unholy thing here, right? He made God look no different than some kind of angry man or some kind of pagan who's de- pagan God who's demanding some kind of ritual sacrifice or something, right? His, his heart and character was not necessarily reflecting God's heart and character. And that's what I talk about for myself when I go and teach these places and stuff. This is something I've learned the last couple of years. I, I don't have this figured out. Some of y'all are like I just saw you not that long ago. You're yeah no that that that's what I'm saying. Like we want to make I want to make sure I'm not teaching anything or doing anything that would not be reflective of, of truly who God is. Well, the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not believe in me, oof, to uphold me as holy in the eyes of the people of Israel, you try to make yourself holy. Therefore, you should not bring this assembly into the land that I have given them. He said, no, you're you're not going in. Now, we've said before, it, it is not practical and it is sinful to hold teachers, pastors, leaders, elders, deacons, whom, however phrase that you use in your church, to a standard of perfection. That's not realistic. That is not realistic for anybody. But it is right to hold them to a higher standard. Now, if you hold them to a higher standard to teach, to preach, to lead, to shepherd, to disciple, whatever, then you have to hold them to a higher standard when you interact with them as well. And I think we've lost that. I think we treat them as just anybody else. And so you talk to them like just anybody else. And yet, you still hold them to a higher standard. See, you can't have it both ways. The same way the pastor, teacher, leader, deacon, elder, trustee, whatever, they, they can't have it both ways either. If you are held to a higher standard, then you can't, you know, you can't lower your standards to try to be, you know, this, whatever Moses is attempting to do here. So he says, uh, you, you are not, you and Aaron, not going in. Now, when I look at this, I'm like, man, that's, that's, that's harsh, right? That's a little harsh. Uh, that's why James talks about not many of you should be teachers because you're going to get a stricter judgment. You want to be put in front of people? Oh, there's people that love the podium. They love the platform. They love to perform. Uh, don't do that. Don't, don't do that unless you really felt like the Almighty has called you to that. So we, we want to remember here that this, this idea of, well, I was just angry, I was just frustrated. We need to repent of it. Moses can repent of this, absolutely. Listen, I've repented all the time. I repent all the time. I talk about those instances where I was too much of me, not enough God. Absolutely, I repent of that. Because that, that, that is not okay. But you just believe in the message, and you just believe if men would wake up, and if men would do this, and if husbands would do this, and if dads would do this, and if you know, all the things, and all the years, and all the relationships, and all the people, again, you see in your mind's eye, and this guy, and that guy, and oh, that wife that reached out, and that kid that texted me at 1130 at night, and this, and all the things, and you just want it so bad for them. It doesn't make it right. And that's what Moses, he was just frustrated. He was tired. He's worn down. He's like, I'm, I, maybe, maybe... Maybe they see me just lose my cool for just a minute. Maybe they'll look at me a little different, and maybe we can just stop doing the same thing over. No, don't forget who you are. Now, whether you're a pastor, teacher, elder, deacon, whatever, or a congregant or a disciple of Jesus, don't forget who you are. There's a higher calling to being a follower of Christ than not to be a follower of Christ. One more thing here. How many times did he hit that rock? It's two times. This is a good kind of foreshadowing of Christ, Christ being the rock. Okay? 
How many times was the rock, Jesus, struck? I'm not talking about times like during the arrest. You get your hands on the rock one time. You will not hit the rock a second time. That's it. That's it. There's, there's a bit of imagery here. Christ, the rock. One time, God allowed people to get their hands on him. You will never get your hands on the rock like that ever again. That's over. God says, you will not strike the rock twice. Now you speak to the rock. That's what we get to do. We get to speak to the rock. He's our mediator. He is the one interceding on your behalf, my behalf, right now. As I record this, as you listen to this, as we go throughout our day, he is making intercession for us before God right now, actively doing that. And we get to speak to the rock. Praise the Lord. Men, thanks for listening. Let's keep pursuing biblical manliness. Thank you.